Hello, and welcome to episode eight. I'm your host, Sarah Chappé. And I'm your other host, Jake Cooley. The Relatively Relatable podcast is a weekly podcast about life, trends, FAQs, and advice from two people who have no business giving it. Relatively Relatable is brought to you by Blank Slate Link. And to find out more, head to our Facebook and Instagram page at Blank Slate LNK. So, Jake, this week, I thought that we could dive into the world of fitness again. Love it. We haven't talked about fitness since like our first (laughs) episode. Yep. Where we like a lot of things. So, um, we do. I love seeing people who are like the peak of their sport and yeah. uh, defying what we think the human body is maybe capable of or maybe what I as an average human think is possible. Right. So um, since Eliud Kipchoge, if I'm pronouncing that right, if you don't Better know, than I could do. I'm very white, so I know I struggle with that. <laughs> don't at me. White, white people just struggle with pronouncing words. Yeah. <laughs> White girls from the Midwest do. Okay. He just ran the first sub two hour marathon, which for the longest time people didn't think was even possible. Um, and people are speculating that his time is actually the brink of human performance because you have to have pretty much all the correct conditions for that to even happen. So Yeah. Can can we just talk for a second about how he did that? Yes. Are you are you up to speed on all that? I've watched several hour-long Doc- documentaries, yes. <laughs> uh, so you are an expert on the I matter. I am. I am. Um, first of all, what do you think about the fact that it doesn't count? Oh, I didn't know that. It doesn't count as a world record. Why? Because it was assisted, technically. Because of the car and everything? Because of all the, yeah, all the technology and pacers and all that stuff that he had to use. Whether it like counts, I, he still did it. I know, but don't you think he should get like official rec- recognition? Yeah, from like the Guinness World Record people, you mean? Is yeah. that the world record holder things? <laughs> yeah. Like who or, gives I mean, out like, like a world I don't record? Know, I don't know who the governing body of marathon <laughs> running is, but... Interesting. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, ass- I don't know what the rules are, but I, I can't, I can't remember if it's because he had a pacer or just because like he had any assistance at all. And it, I mean, it's not like someone was pushing him, but yeah. But that um, seems odd because even in like the Boston Marathon, they have pacers. Yeah. So. So I think I mean it, I think it's because there was a car in front of him with a laser on the ground. And yeah. I think there's some speculation that like the car in front of him, he was like actually drafting from the car oh man um, people I don't just know. can't let I mean, people like have what they i didn't i didn't uh actually see how close he was to the vehicle like if the car was a good enough distance in front of him then whatever. i think it was yeah. like if you watch the video i think so for my iron man i know that i have to stay like i know i think it's like six to 12 seconds behind the bike in front of you it like varies from race to race and so I know that he was at least that far behind the car yeah. and the car is moving much faster. Well, that's not true. Slower than like a bike would be. So, right. I mean, yeah, but that's I just not think, really how aerodynamics works. <laughs> but I would I mean, assume he, that he they have, did that. They set it up far enough. Yeah. that I would hope, I would hope that they thought about that anyway, but it's pretty crazy. Like they had a, 
just all the technology that went into it. Like they had yeah. a car in front of him that was shining a laser, like a line on the ground for him to keep. He had to stay at that line for like the whole time to be mm-hmm. able to make the make the time. They had like constant uh, fresh pacers with mm-hmm. him. Uh, running him and uh which is also bikes. crazy because nobody pacing could keep the pace that he was doing right yeah like they, they had, had to, to constantly, swap them out <laughs> yeah which is so crazy that even the pacers who are they were saying were all like olympic athletes and world yeah. champs and everything too still couldn't even hold the pace that he was running right. for the distance yeah he did. yeah i think it's in like i think this idea of like um the maximum human performance is an interesting concept because mm-hmm. that's something that, especially in like track and field is something that people have been saying for years and then someone will just break the record and they're mm-hmm. like, okay, now we've re- reached yeah. it. And then like 10 years later, someone will hit, will break it again. And they're like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Psych, now, psych, this, psych. this one, this one is. So like, yeah. I just wonder like uh, if there actually is a physical limit um and there's actually the so the documentary i watched said that this you know sub hour two marathon he found like an equation that helped figure out you know based on your your weight your speed like all of that like what physically would be possible and i think it was like an hour 47 or something was like the absolute brink and that might be wrong. I'm not 100% sure what the timing was, but it but wasn't far off. That's based on that guy's physiology though, right? I think it's like the typical like run marathon runner. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. The typical. Yeah. I mean like. But, like, you know how many people in the world there are? And how, yeah. Like the probability of reaching one standard deviation away from typical. I mean, I don't even know what those words mean. <laughs> I'm just saying like, so. I think, I think. I don't know. It's fun for me to think about the constant potential of anomalies and uh, yeah. like someone who, you know, a hundred years from now, Could if, look completely if different. all of their parents were Olympic, like they're, they just have this Olympic bloodline mm-hmm. and they're, they've just been bred to run a marathon. <laughs> That's like all what they've is, done. What is that person capable of versus, yeah. you know, I don't know. They, anyway. in the documentary, the documentary was literally just like, a 45 minute like YouTube video about how this guy did it with all the facts. But he was saying like what you mentioned with running track that, you know, they were saying like, Oh, a sub five minute mile couldn't be done. And then someone broke it. And then like immediately after that, like 20 people did it. Right. And so it was just like people being able to see what was possible. Yeah. Without constantly being like oh that's impossible like a two right. hour sub two hour marathon's impossible that can't be happened and then someone breaks it like i wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of people getting close or breaking that also yeah well and like i don't know i think maybe this opens up the op- like opens up some new sort of training styles or training technology that people can use and adapt like build up build up to that more you know over yeah. a longer period of time i don't know like i just think about um you know, you watch clips of uh, people playing football or, mm-hmm. or something from even like 20 years ago mm-hmm. and compare it to the style of play that people are capable of now. And it's like watching two completely different sports. Yeah. yeah. Or like, you know, when football was first invented, like it's it's a joke to watch some of like some really old footage compared mm-hmm. to what people are capable of doing now. 
and just like the athleticism that people have been able to attain through specialized training. Yeah. And so I just wonder, like, I don't know. I think um, as technology and science continues to evolve, like there's still so much that we don't know about training. Yeah. Like there's a reason why there's still like uh, biomechanical and physiological research happening because like as we learn, get better and better technology, we start to learn how our body can actually adapt, like yeah. the best way, optimal training. Um, so I think we're really just like still don't know what humans are maximally capable of. Yeah, I agree. In my opinion. I for but sure agree. I could go on about that forever. But uh, so you wanted to go through and uh, talk about some of your favorite athletes and some of their wicked accomplishments? Yeah, I thought it would just be cool to, especially because these two of these people inspired me for the Ironman and I already talk about them enough to Stefan and Ashley. <laughs> and now I'm coming on here to talk about it more. Great. So the first one that I have is uh, Kim Chambers from the documentary Kim Swims on Netflix. Mm, you've mentioned and, this before. Yes. I talked about her in the first episode a little bit about someone who's inspired me. She's a big person that inspired me to do the Ironman, mostly because in the documentary, and I'll talk about a little bit, she swims through like 50 yards of jellyfish. Crazy. And at the end, she's like, would I do it again? Like she almost died. And she's like, would I do it again? <laughs> right. And she's like, yeah. And I literally Jeez. pause it and I'm like, I do not love anything that much. I yeah, love nothing I've, I've that much. never been that committed to anything before, probably. Yeah. I've never been close to death, <laughs> but I've also never been that committed to literally yeah. anything. Crazy. So, yeah, I can't imagine. Basically, the story behind Kim is that she is just a normal person. She was living a very normal life. She had a job in like the tech world. She had her master's in science and she was just like, she said that she was making so much money that she was just like Gucci. Like she was just like, she thought she'd made it Uh huh. as we all do. You know, we're just like living. Right. I mean, life. That's, a, that's a standard thing. Yeah. I think. Um, so she had a freak accident one day and fell down the stairs. She just like tripped and fell down the stairs. Um, and she woke up in the hospital with acute compartment syndrome, which if people don't know what that is, it's basically like the blood starts just pooling in your leg, um, oh, and yeah. can cause like amputation and nerve damage. And the doctor saved her leg with only 30 minutes left before she would have had to have it amputated. Crazy. Yes. Um, I do know people that have had that have like compartment syndrome and had to have surgery and it's like that you cut literally the entire like calf open to yeah. like allow this pressure out and it's extremely painful. The process of like physical therapy is like years. Yeah. Um, and they weren't sure if she was going to have any functionality with it and they gave her 1% of ever walking without assistance. Mm. So she, I mean, she was pretty much like her whole life was like upside down. She said she was in physical therapy for like two years and it became her full-time job to just be able to walk again. Right. Which like, that's a huge life altering thing. Oh yeah, for sure. And if you know me at all, like if I'm out of almond milk, like that alone <laughs> just like disrupts my life. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think about the kinds of things that send me just like off the rails yes and it's never like losing my ability to walk it's like i 
sort of spilled something this yes. morning. <laughs> and that yeah. ruins my entire day. Yeah. Maybe even week. Like, right. yeah, depending on sure. how fragile I am that day, it could just send right. me. Right. So she's already kind of like bummed out, you know, <laughs> kind of almost <laughs> lost her leg. Yeah. Rightfully so. so. She says um, that she starts craving movement in her body just because, you know, you're you're doing physical therapy. You're pretty much, you're probably sitting a lot. So she says she just starts craving movement. So she decided to start swimming because it takes, you know, a good chunk of your pressure off your body while you're moving. Um, And in 2009, she said she was like dared to go swim in the San Francisco like Bay area. I guess they like, you know, have like an area people can swim. It's like 53 degrees. And she said she was hooked and it changed her life. Like she, she says that that's like when she found like her moment, she felt like this is what she was made to do once she did this short swim. Crazy. Yeah. So you fast forward and she is now like this world record holder, which is insane because she just was this normal person. Uh-huh. Who then was this person who was like, you know, had no functionality in her leg. Swimming uh-huh. is a highly like leg intensive sport. Right. At least I think it is. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> for sure. I'm, maybe I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. Um. So I have some of her accolades. Yeah, let's hear them. So the documentary that is actually on Netflix, and I've recommended to several people, and they've all come back and said, like, they're so glad they watched it. It's just so inspiring. So the one that she, um, the one the documentary is about is that she is the first woman to swim 30 miles from the Farallon Islands to San Francisco, which was in 2015. Uh-huh. And interestingly, in the documentary, she talks about this, that um, a lot of the attempts are from people swimming from San Francisco to the islands because mm-hmm. um, it's shark infested out by the Farallon Islands. Right. Great Whites. They, you know, it's really common that it's just like, not just like one shark or two, it's like a right. bunch. Even right. though if there were like, hey, Sarah, there like might be one, I'd be like, I am no. not. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even if I don't even like, like, I don't even like swimming in lakes when I know, yes. I know nothing in there is going to try to eat me. Yes. But I still can't not think about it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I <laughs> did my first... Open water freaks me out. Open water swim at the cabin this summer. And, you know, because Nebraska, whether I knew I had a small window uh-huh. to like be yeah. outside. So I was like, yeah. I need to get some long swims in. I do this swim. I've been in this lake so many times. Right. The minute I put goggles on and start swimming, I was like, something's going to get me. Yeah. I'm going to like get pulled to the bottom. Like this right. shark's going to get me. Right. I'm like, you are yeah. stupid. What's going to get you? The Kraken. Yes. <laughs> They're going to release the Kraken in this lake. I thought like someone was going to come up and grab my ankle, which is like also <laughs> that like proves so many different issues. Like if someone's grabbing my ankle, like who are they? They probably need help. Also, they would have had to have followed you that. Like, they are also swimming. <laughs> so it was just, like, so terrifying. And then she goes and does this swim, 30 miles. She actually starts in the middle of the night. So it's a night swim. Uh, yeah. In freezing cold water. Yeah. Swimming from the islands where she's starting with sharks to San yeah. Fran. And I, 
if I remember from the documentary, right, she said that it's actually incredibly dangerous to swim from the islands to San Fran, not because of the sharks, but because of the temperature change. Oh, yeah. And that your body would not get used to it properly. Uh Um, Her friend in the documentary is training for the same thing, and he starts in San Fran to swim out to the islands. And there was actually a shark following him, Uh and they had to call off the swim. And he's like, I'm good. Yes, let's get out. Yeah, like <laughs> I've, me. <laughs> I've had enough. Yeah, this is this is ridiculous. Yeah, so she becomes the first woman to do that. Um, if I remember right, it takes her like seventeen hours to swim. She <sighs> swam nonstop, and the way she did it for it to count, she's not allowed to touch the boat the minute that she gets in, but she's allowed to have like an assisted, you know, like a supported boat next to her. Uh huh. Every thirty minutes, they threw like a protein drink out to her. She was able to get a drink of protein shake water and then after i think the first two hours she was able to have a pacer next to her but then it alternated every hour so you could only have a pacer every other hour hour. and yeah there was like a bunch of different things about it so man yeah it's pretty intense watching her do the swim and it actually was very emotional when she finished because you can just see the like physical like feet that her body has just yeah like went under so um, she's also the third woman, sixth ever, to complete the Ocean 7 Challenge in 2014, where she almost died, like I said. Um, they talk about that in the <laughs> documentary. Yeah. Um, in the one in Ireland, because she got hypothermia and was stung by like 50 yards worth of jellyfish. Mm. So she's pretty hardcore. Um, yeah, I would say. <laughs> She's the first New Zealander and the 26th person to swim the length of Lake Tahoe, which is 21 miles. And the first New Zealander, um, 28th person ever to swim from Molokai to Oahu. Oahu. Okay. (laughs) Which is 27 miles in 2012. She is also, or she was also on the first team to swim from the USA to Mexico in 2017 was on the first team to swim from Jordan to Israel across the Dead Sea in 2016, was on the longest relay team of 91 hours in 2015, was on the first relay team to swim from San Fran to the islands in 2011, and was on the first all-female relay team to swim from San Fran to the islands in 2011. So for everyone who's listening that can't see, which is everyone who's listening... I'm just every all these facts I'm shaking my head. His mouth like, is just dropped. Almost in disgust. Like I this like I'll do this for every person that we talk about, but <laughs> I have never understood endurance athletes. Yes. Especially at this level. She's also over 30. Like she start she got into swimming over 30. So it's not like yeah. she's been swimming and she even right. says it's not like I was a swimmer, she was actually a like a ballet ballerina. Right, And then she got into rowing because she was too tall. So she said she had like absolutely no experience, right? which is even more impressive. Yeah. I, I really like stories like this where it was, like you said, she was just like, I wouldn't say she was like a common person because it sounded like she was really, really successful and has kind of just like this mind for like accomplishing things, like putting her mind to things. Um, But, you know, she wasn't, you know, a professional athlete before this. A lot of people like, um, like you and I both 
admire a lot of CrossFit athletes. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of those people come from athletic backgrounds, like from something, gr- yeah. grew up playing football, grew up, you know, gymnast, wrestler, whatever. Yeah. Um, but there's only a few that just like took it up. And those st- stories like that interest me more than like the lifelong swimmer, like yeah. the, the Michael Phelps kind of, which like yeah. that's super impressive too. But like dude's been swimming his whole life. So his life is dedicated to that. <laughs> right. Like hers was, you know, it's like she started over. Like she exactly. she li- she literally did, you know, like yeah. had a life altering event and had to relearn how to use, you know, her leg yeah. properly and yeah, reborn yeah. in the water. Crazy. Yeah. And in the documentary, the guy, her friend that's also training was saying like when she first started, she was horrifically bad at swimming. Like yeah. she had no technique, but she just loved it so much that they said that she would just swim till she just couldn't anymore. Yeah. So like, and you know, there's always that, that discussion in CrossFit too, that like is talent better than dedication. And there comes a point where it's like, yes, like talent is good and it'll get you far, but anyone that's dedicated will go further. Right. Yeah. I've had, um, I've had conversations with, with this about a lot of people, not, not just like athletically, but just about life in general. Um, I think people like put way too much stock in just natural talent. And yeah, obviously people that are naturally good at something tend to put more time into those things because they're good at like, yeah, you know, if you're good at something, you want to spend time on it because it's not, it doesn't make you like want to kill yourself because you right. hate it so much, you know, right. but me at volleyball. Um, but people like, I just don't like the, the fact that, or the idea that people think they can't learn to be good at things like, given enough effort i think this is like an isolated case i don't know if any just anyone would be able to like devote all of their hours to to swimming and then be able to do all these feats like i think um right i think athletic things and like um i don't know physical accomplishments are sort of different but just like learning skills like she basically didn't know how to swim and then became a really competent swimmer like that is an achievement yeah and then you know she went beast mode went sicko mode on on the world and that's like that's (laughs) that's a different thing in itself but yeah yeah no i think uh that's cool that she was really bad at it at first because um i'm not a great swimmer either so maybe uh (laughs) (laughs) you've got a chance and you've got time i've got a chance to her yeah apparently that's cool yeah um so the next one that I have is also a runner. So I know we talked about the guy that ran the two sub two hour marathon. Right. This guy is an ultra marathon runner. His name is Zach Bitter. He um, runs ultra marathons and an ultra marathon is anything that is longer than the traditional marathon of 26.2 miles. And let me tell you, I can't even do that. So yeah, I've, um, never even attempted to run more than five miles at a time. <laughs> <laughs> well, buckle in for these facts then. Can't wait. So they usually start at about 50K, which a full marathon I think was like 41K. So uh-huh. um, there's that. And they don't have a maximum limit. So they can literally be as the race can be as long as someone wants it to be. It can be the length of the United States. And still be called an ultra marathon. Yes. That's kind of lame. Like, what do you think it should be like, ultra, ultra? Well, I mean, I just think like if I ran 26.3 miles, I shouldn't be able to call myself an ultra marathoner. 
when someone else is running a yeah. hundred miles. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. like, it seems, uh, where's the like bracket of it? Right. I mean, yeah. Like what's the differentiation? There's gotta yeah. be, there's gotta be something. Anyway, yeah. that's just me. Um, so this guy from Wisconsin, he's from Wisconsin. He recently broke the 100 mile world record. He did it in 11 hours and 19 minutes and 13 seconds. And for those of you who are sitting there thinking, oh yeah, that sounds yeah, okay. What's, I don't understand. Well, let me break it down for you. Yeah. That's a 647 mile pace. And you might be like, oh yeah, I know people that can do that, but that's for a consistent 100 miles. Right. That's a 2106 5K pace, uh-huh. which is 32 and a half 5Ks back to back at that pace. Uh-huh. It's also a 258 marathon, which you're like, right. yeah, but that guy just broke the two hour, <laughs> but it's nearly four marathons back to back. To right. Back to back. Yeah. I think that's, that's the thing that people miss about this is like you say, oh, the, he was running a 647 pace. Yeah. I mean, like to maintain... Like I can't even run a quarter. Like if I run a mile, my first quarter and my last quarter of a mile are probably (laughs) off by 75%. Yes. (laughs) Like I'm always out the gate way too fast. Like I can't imagine like embarking on a race like this and from step one, knowing exactly what your cadence needs to be for the next 50 million steps. And it basically has like, especially in the case of the sub two hour marathon he literally had zero margin of error yeah to be, like if you tripped once it's over like you, yeah you're because if you try to make up for that you're gonna burn out yeah like, crazy yeah so for anyone who is um like me that is actually 31 and a half episodes of brooklyn 99 so <laughs> 11 you, hours and 19 minutes yep if you want to hunker on in yeah see if you've got it in you yeah, I'm sure he had Brooklyn Nine Nine playing in his yeah. headphones while he was running. <laughs> I just always like to have it in relate things that I can comprehend. Right, and yeah. that's still insanity to me. Yeah, so I'm um not a cardio guy <laughs> at all. Like I hate Same. it, and so and I've uh, I've been trying to get back into it, or just like um, on my Sundays as a recovery tool, just do mm-hmm. a little bit of light cardio, and. uh for some reason, when I say, like, when I tell myself, oh, doing 20 minutes on the treadmill, I'm, I'm literally just walking on the treadmill. <laughs> but f- to do that for 20 minutes just seems like a ridiculous amount of time for me. Yes. But then I throw on an episode of Friends and I'm like, oh, yep. I've gotten through two episodes. I've been on here for 40 minutes already. It's yeah. great. So I did yeah. that today. I put Brooklyn Nine-Nine on and I'm like, I had to do 40 minutes. And I was like, okay, I just have to get through two episodes. Yep. So the first one... D- like ended. I was like, you're halfway. You can do this. I'm yep. like, this is so sad <laughs> to do yeah. this. Yeah. Um. So he previously held the second place title in 2017 for the 100 um, mile, which was good for the fifth fastest time in history, which was at 13 hours and 52 minutes and 35 seconds. Yikes. So he's he's got a lot of accolades. I was looking on his website and he's just... I didn't want to list them all. Like he's just crushing <laughs> stuff left and right. So yeah. yeah. Um, I saw that pop up on my Facebook a while ago and I was like, I was just telling everybody, I'm like, did you hear this guy just ran a hundred miles in 11 hours? And they're like, okay. I'm like, do you know what that means? <laughs> like, most do you people, understand? Yeah, most people don't care. It's crazy. I, I don't understand why. 
Well, because it's not on ESPN. Yeah, it's not some. You can't like you can't like hate someone else for it. I I really think that most <laughs> most people enjoy team sports like football and basketball or whatever because there's like a a certain level of judgment and hatred built into it. You know, Probably. like rivalries and team like just I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm victim of like, or I'm guilty of it too. Um, but it's kind of like the only real fun part about it. Yeah, first team sports. Yeah, yeah. Not I the mean, camaraderie it, it, or right, team no, building. No, or, no, 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 yeah. no. Just like really being able to talk trash and <laughs> it be accepted. But you can't do that on things like this. You just have to like be like, oh wow, that's really cool. And then you just feel bad about yourself because you're eating record amounts of Doritos every night while, yeah. you're, while you're watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, my gosh. That is like me. So, you know, when people are like watching football games. Okay. Uh-huh. No, here. I was. I went to my first volleyball game, Nebraska volleyball. Yeah. And the people behind me, I think, are like season ticket holders. And they're right. like, that's the easiest one to get. Like, get right. there. As they're like shuffling. <laughs> yes. Like pretzels <laughs> and like popcorn. Like not like not hating. Like I was too. Yeah. But I'm just like, let's be honest. Yeah. Like, you know, you're sitting in front of the TV watching football, like pizza sauce down your shirt, like double chin when you like open Snapchat and see what you right. become. Telling an like, 18 year old kid that you're going to kill his family if he doesn't catch like, the Let's that. go. Yeah. If you throw more, one more interception, I'm going to murder your family. I'm going to get you. Yeah. Like people. Yeah. Please. Classic people. <laughs> you all know someone like that. And if you don't know someone, you are someone. And if so. you are that person, you need to stop. You stop need to stop it. being that person. <laughs> stop it now. Just start watching documentaries about ultra marathoners instead. Oh, that is like, so Kim was the one that got me like kind of fired up about it. And then this next one that I'm going to talk about really sealed the deal for me. Yeah. All right. So let's do it. Good segue. Good job, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> nice. So this one is called the Coxless Crew and it's not because of what you think. It is an all female <laughs> team, which... When I first was oh, reading right, it, right. I was like, interesting choice, but it's a boating term. Right. So the documentary on Netflix is called Losing Side of Shore. Um, it's about four women that set out to row the Pacific Ocean from America to Australia unsupported. Mm-hmm. So unsupported means they have like no, they have no service boat. They have nothing by them, uh-huh. which is not required of them to set the record. They, they had the choice of having it supported. But they chose not to because they said it would have been too easy to give up then because so many other people have tried to attempt it. Um, like cr- like their you know, storms in the ocean would like tip their boats over and things like that. Mm. And they are And if they have support, they'll say, Okay, let's just be done. Yeah, let's get out right. of this ocean hurricane (laughs) let's get out of this uh, potentially lethal situation that we're in right so at the time that the documentary um air or when they were filming the documentary they became the the only people that have ever done this i don't know if um that still stands Mm -hmm. i wasn't really able to find anything on it on their wikipedia page or their website it didn't really say so anybody knows let me know um the term coxless crew comes from their absence of a cox wine coxswain <laughs> people are probably like sarah are you illiterate and i feel I'm like, like yes you, you never like did the hooked on phonics thing like that like you're really even you're pretty bad at sounding things out too oh <laughs> <laughs> i can get through life <laughs> kind of 
I mean, we it's... should do an episode of the words that okay, people say well, wrong. Okay, in your defense, you spelled this wrong two different ways. <laughs> so, cockswain is one of the ways you spelled it, and the other way you spelled it is cockswain. But that one has red the, squiggles, so I think yeah, it's cock. I think it's cockswain. <laughs> I'm all yeah. I'm illiterate. <laughs> anyway, so, sorry. Um, <laughs> which is a person in charge of the boat, so that's why they chose that. Not, I think they said it was um, a play on words, so it might also play to the fact that it was an all female team. But I'm just gonna right. go for the PG version and say it ain't right. So. The journey, they start in San Francisco, where clearly everybody starts. Starts and all these crazy things, yeah. <laughs> they had, they had um, three women who stayed on the whole stretch of the journey, and then they had a relief rower. Okay. So they rode to Hawaii, where they picked up, you know, they switched out their reserve rower. Yeah. Rode from Hawaii to Samoa, did another switch, and then they rode from Samoa to Australia. I'm not going to try and pronounce the city. <laughs> Australia. <laughs> Australia. <laughs> Look it up if you want to know. Um, oh my gosh. They so <laughs> I know you I know you already said that they uh rode from America to Australia, but it just dawned on me that that's what they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you hear and you're like, "Okay, but then like when you when you watch this docu, I've watched it several times and it still is just like, I did try to get my mom to watch it and she fell asleep. So classic mom, that's what, where we're at. Um, so the team members were, I'm just gonna say first names cause I'm really like, Oh, for 15 at this point. <laughs> yeah. It's probably, um, probably fair. Laura, the team lead, Emma and Natalia were the three women who stayed on the entire time. Isabella was the first leg. Liz Ann was the second leg and Meg is the third leg. Liz Ann during the second leg of the, um, of the rowing actually found out that her uncle had passed away and there's no way really for her to get home at this point. You're literally in the middle. How'd she find out? They had like a radio that Uh, they could communicate with people in case something happened. They had the GPS, their GPS was solar panel. They had, Mm -hmm. um, water like that would pump salt water through and like created water um so yeah they had all of that stuff but it didn't really work very well it'll show that she tries to call her family during christmas and it's just the signal is terrible so they don't have a lot um so these um two of these women i believe didn't even have rowing experience beforehand they just heard about the journey that they were doing they were raising um money for cancer because one of their friends had died and they just loved the cause so much they said they wanted to be a part of it and they were just kind of like i want to be involved and laura the team lead was like okay do you want to be a reserve rower and they were like sure yeah and so these women who had never rowed before had never done endurance rowing had never done ocean rowing nothing trained and became one of the women that did this which is amazing yeah that's crazy um, so it was estimated that it was going to take them six months, but it took closer to nine because oh the weather was so bad. It kept pushing them south and they needed to go more north. You know, it kept pushing them away. Right. There was this part in the ocean that basically it's kind of a meeting point of two different currents. 
Yeah. So the current is horrible that they talk about, but then because of where, I don't know why, but the weather is also really weird. And they said like, it was like, um, a lot of not mirages, but just like, you could never really tell where you were. Cause it was like right. flat glass ocean. And then it would no, be like uh, storms. No points of reference. Yeah. Like you don't know yeah. how fast you're going or anything. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, it's the weirdest thing. They said like the stars looked different, like everything. Yeah. Um, and so that those points really just kind of set them back and they actually did run out of food and water and, oh. um, they were at the point where they're like, we're going to have to, they, they had to go from shore to shore. So they just hit shore in Australia and then they had a boat come and pull them off. So it counted, Yeah. but they just weren't able to like row into the port. And right. so then they were able to like get their water and everything and row in right. to the like party. Um, which was like heartbreaking for them because they do this long thing and like your ending is just some yeah. boat you know, or some beach basically. Right. Um, and so the way that they like maintained it is they traded off shifts every two hours. So you rode for two hours on and then you slept for two hours off for the entire mm. nine months. No breaks. Wait. Let me... They... <laughs> For nine months, they slept for two hours at a time. Shifts, yes. Well, and you know, then you remember they get a break in Hawaii and then oh, Samoa. Right. And so I'm a, I don't, they don't d say how long they're there. I think it's only a couple days. Okay. Enough to get their person and like refuel food right. maybe because they said it got harder and harder and harder to get back on the boat. Right. So they well, would yeah. do like a celebratory meal. And then I think pretty much the next day or the day after they would get right back in. So right. they don't have a lot of time to recover. Sure crazy yeah. yeah um so that's how they did it and they said one of the girls lizanne um since she wasn't used to it wasn't used to the heat or anything she would get such bad seasickness and so you see her rowing and she would just puke over the side of the boat and then Ugh. keep going and she said they're just you're there's never a point where you stop because if you stop someone has to take your extra two hour shift right and like, you're not going to be the person that's like, hey, will you keep rowing? <laughs> will you keep rowing for another two hours? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so they documented the whole thing using a GoPro. And right. the uh, the only times that a professional camera crew was used was when they were on land, like redocking. So yeah. on top of doing all of that and like staying alive, they're also filming the whole thing. Right. Which like, I just went to uh, Scottsdale. Which mm -hmm. is like pretty much the same thing as, yeah, like rowing to Australia. I agree. and uh, I brought my GoPro and I decided that it was too much work for me to <laughs> use it while I was hiking Camelback Mountain. I was like, no, nah, I'm just gonna leave it because I don't want to have to deal with it. <laughs> I don't want to have to deal with it. But as I'm also rowing two hours on, two hours off for nine yeah. months. Granted, straight. I wasn't doing anything groundbreaking that was like worth documenting. True, so that it, you'd want to remember. It was hard for me to convince myself to like take the extra time on it. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. That's crazy. Um, yes. Like, so yeah, like I said before, I think the coolest part about this is like some of the team were just like people who learned how to do this for the sake of mm -hmm. doing this. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's crazy. I, uh, I just, for some reason I wanted, before I read your point about how long it took them, I wanted to see how long it takes to fly to Hawaii. Okay. When you're traveling um, 500 miles an hour, it takes you five hours 
to fly from oh, San man. Francisco to Hawaii. Yeah. So I was like, before I didn't read far enough ahead to know how long they it took them. So I was trying to figure out how long that Jake's just learning that along with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just along for the ride, man. I think they said it took maybe about 200 days to row from San Francisco to um, Hawaii. Yeah. I think, yeah, they were saying, and at first, so. I mean, that's half a year. That's, oh my God. Yeah. (sighs) Um, So they, that might be wrong. I, you know. That's a long ways. Yeah. People like underestimate how far away Hawaii is. I think people underestimate distances a lot. Like you hear, oh yeah, I'm going to row. Like, not like anybody like casually is just like, I'm going to (laughs) row from uh, America to Australia, Canada. Yeah. yeah. And people are like, okay. Yeah. But like, once you like really think about that, right? And like, buckle, they, they even said they knew they were off like their timeline and it was going to take longer. Yeah. And they were going to be rowing through Christmas. And they, they had a meeting on the little boat where they said, do we want to keep going? Right. And they were like, well, we've already done that. Like, we're almost there. <laughs> Kind like of. how can you stop? <laughs> We're already six months in. What's another yeah, three? Yeah, at that point, like you do six months of it, and then you're just like, never mind. Yeah. Like they, so like even they were saying that it was just like they didn't know how they were going to reacclimate to society when they got back because that that was all they knew for like right. a year. Right. Was them four at that time Cast and like away. no noise. Yeah. yeah. They said it was just like the most peaceful thing, no noise, no lights, nothing. I don't, I think, I don't know if I would think that's peaceful. That would like freak me out. Well, you would probably be pretty like exhausted. I know, but I just mean like the part where you were talking about how they were disoriented when it was like super, uh, you know, you get to a point where you have no points of reference. You don't know how fast you're going, how far you've gone, if you've even moved. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff messes with my brain really oh, for easily. Sure. And then if you add fatigue, mental fatigue, physical fatigue to all that, mm-hmm. like I I do I honestly don't know that I have the mind or the stomach for like this kind of thing. I know. They um said that they had enough food on hand for each person to eat like around five thousand calories a day. And That's they a lot. Yeah. And they were like, you know, those like astronaut meals or like right. survival meals so not, that you just like, like add yeah, water not to real food yeah and just so they calories. they show them in hawaii and samoa just like gorging well not gorging but like they were like fresh food right. it's just like a luxury right i don't know how they get back out because like kim or like um this guy who ran what's his name zach like you do your thing and you're done like however long it is you know, like 17 hours or 11 hours, it's like a day's worth of effort. Right. And they don't really have to stop and make themselves start again. Right. Whereas these people are like, they have to have the mental discipline to like say, okay, we must keep going. Right. Back after to being it. like back on land. Right. <laughs> and you have somebody else leaving. Like you have a relief le- person leaving. Yeah. So you're like, take me with you. Pay <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Stay> for me. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So, yeah. I, I, like I said before, that, I don't, I don't understand um, endurance athletes. One of my office mates is a, I mean, it's like nothing to this caliber, but he's mm-hmm. a, like a long distance um, cycler. Mm-hmm. He does like these 500 mile gravel, Ugh. gravel cycling races. Ugh. He just did one, I think a couple weeks ago, that was 550 miles and uh, he did it all 
I think he slept for a total of like 40 minutes the whole time or something, probably less than that. I think he slept for like 20 minutes over the course of like, I think it was almost, uh, it was over 24 hours. Because it was like a race, right? Right. Yeah, it's, so he's yeah, to, it's, yeah, it's not just like a, I'm going to go this distance. It's like... Or yeah. like a group of people like yeah, being it, like, let's do this ride. And he won the race. Like, he, Oh, he did? Yeah, he's, like, he's this like... And if you like talk to him, he would never tell you like, oh yeah, I'm this like super hardcore cyclist, like yeah. really good at it. He's like, no, I yeah. mean, yeah, like I like to ride bikes is all he says. <laughs> like that's how everybody super humble about it. But yeah. like he and his wife um, rode from Canada to the Canadian border to the Mexican border on <sighs> like mountain bike trails and just like. Imagine the sights you see. Oh yeah. It's crazy. Like that would be super cool. but. Um, like I would not do it they, though. They would. They had to average like a hundred miles a day. And like, in terms of cycling world, like this is a really common thing that people do. That the um the Great Divide Trail. But oh yeah. Um, just like all these races that he does, and he'll do them like once a month or something when it's gravel season. Just like crazy, <laughs> like two hundred mile, three hundred fifty mile, five hundred fifty <laughs> mile, <annoying>. overnight <laughs> ride, like overnight races and stuff. And yeah, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy but, the things people do to push their body. But he always says like, um, the hardest part is just getting in the mindset. And like, it's so true. He said that like because I was talking to him one day. I was like, so have you been like riding bikes? Have you been doing this like your whole life? And he's like, no, mm -hmm. I started three years ago. And like I, yeah. I used to I used to like very excitedly tell people that I rode my bike 20 miles. Like that was <laughs> that was a big accomplishment <laughs> for me. And I was like, dude, that, like, I mean, I just thought that was really cool because in like his circle, he's pretty highly um, regarded. But mm -hmm. in terms like he's just a normal guy, like he's an en he, he's an engineer. Like he yeah. has a day job. He rides his bike yeah. over lunch like, you know, most people do, but then puts in time on the weekends and stuff and just like has oh. the, has the mind for it. So I think yeah, if you can train, like physical training is one thing, um, but these people have some sort of way of training their brain. And even if you're naturally like a strong minded person, like you're still constantly exercising that muscle of like endurance, like mental endurance, I feel like. Yeah. It is, I mean, me doing this Ironman, I had so many people ask me, like, why did I decide to take this on? And if you know me at all <laughs> or follow our account, you know I am not an endurance person. You can just, like, tell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to, like, body shame myself, but, like, I don't have the typical, like, endurance figure. Right. Like, I feel like that's just a common thing. People have a pretty common like runner's body, cyclist, swimmer. Right. I'm not that person. Right. I do not claim to be that person. I hate running. I say I hate running all the time. <laughs> yeah. And people are like, okay, so why are you doing this? Yeah. And it's because of things like this, like just seeing that mental discipline that it takes or even hearing about like the guy you work with, like I'm sure after long days at work, the last thing he wants to do is either wake up early the next day or like go out for a ride that night or on right. a weekend. He right. has a family with, you know, being married and being able to d be disciplined and yeah. like push yourself to a place that you didn't think that you had right. is enticing or it, that was enticing yeah. to me and why I signed up. Yeah. I think it's easier for him because his wife is just as crazy as he is. That does help. like she's a <laughs> she's a beast too, and they do. I mean, they do all this stuff together, which is really awesome. really cool. But yeah, yeah, like I, I mean, I agree. Like 
I put in a lot of effort, you know, at work and, uh, you know, working out. Most of my training happens during the week. I have one day on the weekend that I'll train. Mm -hmm. Uh, But my training, you know, it's just lifting. But uh, yeah, I take my weekends super hard. Yeah. Or super seriously. (laughs) Seriously, Like I I don't, I don't want to have to do anything more strenuous than I really like signed up for. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some people, when people go on vacation, they're like, going hiking or like doing all these activities and stuff but like when I go on vacation I'm drinking and eating and that's all I want to do so I just don't I don't get it but uh I think it's cool to think about like we said before and I I said a bunch of times and I'll say it again (laughs) um most of these people are we're just normal people like to start with and you find so many examples of that I feel like in in uh like these cases of super ridiculous athletic achievements Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of them actually did start out as just a normal person Um, especially you know like if you look at the CrossFit world there's a lot of there's not a lot but there are a few examples of um, people who started CrossFit kind of late and were not really super athletic before that Um, they just had a knack for it Um, they liked it Um, I think it's like you said it's super inspiring to see that you know even if I don't become, you know, the next person to row a boat, row, row, row my boat all the way to Australia, <laughs> yeah. um, like it, it is worth trying to see, like if you want to, um, to see what you're capable of, because I think a lot of people would actually be surprised um, yeah. once they get their mind, they get their mind into it and see, um, just get the routine down and see what they can, what they can do. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I think we all have like, that's what they say in the um, documentary for the girls who rode too. like at the end, she says we all have greatness inside of us, but greatness looks different to everybody, Um, which I think is just cool. Like, you know, I obviously am not going to like sit there and be like, I want to try and row across the ocean, but what they did and them being just normal people, quote unquote, normal, having day jobs, you know, not being professional athletes, you know, where you're like life is dedicated to training four times a day. Right. And being able to say, I could do something kind of crazy too. Like that's so inspiring to somebody knowing that like we all have it in us yeah. at some level. For sure. So. Totally agree. Yeah. Um. So Jake and I always do a go-to every week. So about that time, Jake. About that what, time. Yeah. Is your go-to this week? Um. So my go-to this week is leather boots. Okay. Um, so we talked about this kind of when we did our yeses and nos of fall episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but today was the first day in Kansas City that I've been here that it was like actually pretty effing cold. Yes. Um, and I found that having some good leather boots when you're walking out to your car or whatever um, just keeps your tootsies a little bit warmer <laughs> than maybe some uh, some canvas. I usually wear just like canvas sneakers to work or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some good leather boots. Um, can go a long way, especially when it's kind of rainy and gross like it was today. Keep your mm-hmm. feet dry. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. Um, everyone should invest in some leather boots this fall and winter season. Do you have a brand or color or style that you're particularly fond of? Um, I mean, I'm rocking some just like brown leather ones right mm-hmm. now. But um, no, I don't really have a brand. I guess if I were to pick a brand, I'd probably say um, Thursday boots are okay. really solid. Um, they're expensive, but, uh, you get what you pay for. Um, the ones that I normally just kick around, I found at, 
uh, DSW on sale. They're a size too big for me, but uh, I got them for cheap. Yeah. Um, those are not Thursday boots, but uh, they're still pretty good. So yeah. as long as you get like legitimate leather, um, it's hard to really go wrong. I feel like it's worth the investment because they last forever if you take care of them. So do you, do you have to treat them or? Um, I did. Yeah. Um, and I, I would recommend it, but, um, a lot of like really good leather will, um, wear really nicely by itself mm-hmm. and you don't have to worry about it too much. But, um, if you plan on kicking them around, like in the wet, um, I would definitely treat them cause they'll get, you know, especially when it, when it starts to snow and there's um, salt on the road and crap, um, mm-hmm. it can, that can tear it up pretty bad, but that salt yeah. ruins everything. It does. It's terrible. You gotta <laughs> you gotta wash your car in the winter mm-hmm. because of all that, and it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's terrible. But mm-hmm. Yeah, leather boots. Alrighty. What's uh What's your go to this week? Okay, I don't want people to at me <laughs> for this. This okay. These I would say these last few weeks, but particularly this last week has been a great week for music for me. Oh yeah. Um. I really got into Harry Styles because his new single just dropped a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. And I've been listening to his new song um, because I saw like his music video came out and there was like a lot of hype around it. So I was like, sure, I'll watch it. Yeah. Um, and it was actually, I was not a One Direction person. Right. So when they broke up, I was not, a you know, it was did not affect me. And right. I didn't get into Harry Styles when he went solo, which was in 2017 when he dropped his album. Right. Um, and so when I heard the song, I was like, wow, this is like so not the vibe that I thought he was going to be. Like, I kind of thought it was going to be like that early, like pop boy still. Right. Which right. I don't know why I assumed that, but just because of where he's like come from. And I had literally heard no other music besides that <laughs> from him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I heard that song. I really liked it. I started listening to his only other album from 2017 and it was like really good i was okay i i mean i guess i'm a bandwagoner or like a fake fan yeah but he's got some like covers on there of like older songs um or like some not uh, like well-known songs you know uh-huh. but yeah, yeah like yeah. his style is it's great for jamming out in the car when i'm you know cooking it's nice to just have music on that's like just like chill it's not like yeah. acoustic or anything. He's just got like a cool vibe, I guess. That sounds so Easy like, listening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I hear um, you. So really like am into that right now. I'm excited to hear the rest of his songs that come out with this new album. Um, just mm-hmm. to see if his, you know, vibe and style, Harry Styles style <laughs> stays the same or what. So yeah. new yeah. music. It's kind of weird to be like, oh, I'm into Harry Styles. I'm going to be 27. <laughs> but here we are. Hey, um, music is music, man. You can listen it, to whatever yeah. you want. Unless it's country, then don't get hey. with that <laughs> noise. <laughs> Some country's good. Okay. Um, the other artist I like, Talbot Brothers. I am biased. But they dropped a new album and it is another album that, um, similar to these other artists I'm talking about is a different vibe from them. I feel yeah, some new, um, it's very raw. I think it's very heavy, which is good. Like I'm not saying heavy is bad. I'm just saying it's like deep emotional, kind of some heavy, you can tell it's weighted in the lyrics. Yeah. The songwriting is really good. 
Yes. And I, we're not I mean, just saying that because Jake's no, yeah. <laughs> I, I I uh I texted Tyler the other day and I was like, dude, these songs are really good. Yes. <laughs> and they I are. don't I don't know that I've like I've said that to him before, but I don't know if I've really like um meant it in the way that I meant it this time around. Yeah. Because you know, a lot of a lot of their songs up until now have been like they're all good, but like you said, these ones there's like some some definite like weight to a lot of the, yeah. a lot of the words, and you can tell that they really spent a lot of time like crafting their phrasing, and they do yeah. a lot of cool th- a lot of different things rhythmically that they haven't done haven't done before. Yeah. Um, it's just it's a lot of really clever stuff, and I only like really realize it because I'm listening to these songs every day. Um, yeah, like getting ready for shows and. I dig into the lyrics a little bit more so I can like chart out my parts and stuff. But um, yeah, it's, it, it, they're really good. They uh, Some of their songs are even like, like they're on their last album, Grey. Uh, their album they just dropped now is called, is it Ghost Talker? Ghost yeah. Whisperer? Ghost Talker. Ghost okay. Talker. Um, their album, Grey, there's a couple songs on there that I'm like, oh, this hits, this hits too close to my heart that I can't listen to it unless I'm yeah. like in the tub sobbing. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, feel I like there's it's, several it's not of like, those. It's not like a sad album. Like, you know, you listen to some yeah. albums and it's just like, oh my, can you stop whining? You know, <laughs> but like a, yeah. lot of their, a lot of their older songs are a lot more... Um, like hopeful and like um well they're younger well and i yeah and i don't even know if it's that but like this one just feels really honest like yes there's some just like hey sometimes things suck lines in there you know or things are really hard or whatever so i I love i I love songs like that like i i've been i don't know i listen to like noah gunderson and Mm -hmm. um some of these like soulful like um, indie guys and I mm-hmm. love that the T bros are going that direction a little bit yeah. more um, because like when I'm in a bad mood or when I'm feeling when I'm feeling some things like I don't want to listen to some guy like sing it's all gonna be okay like yeah. sometimes I just want to feel no, I want someone to I tell feel me like someone's I want to feel like someone's empathizing with me yeah you know and that that's how I feel yeah uh, with some of these songs so yeah they're they're great and correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe that one of their songs talks about like almost like anxiety and kind of like all of that going on and maybe the, just like the anxiety of being on the road and being apart, you know, like being lonely oh, yeah. and like yeah. those things are very relatable to people. So yeah, I think that's I, like a I really love the song um, wired. I think that's the one you're talking about. Okay. Is he says, um, um, my mind's always on and I don't know how to shut off. Like mm-hmm. that's how I feel most of the time. Like, yeah. Um, my mind is wired when you're sound asleep. We're like, yeah, I, I legit can't fall asleep because I'm just like running through stuff like, um, stupid stuff or like really deep stuff or like meaningful stuff. Like, yeah, I just can't shut my brain off. Yeah. 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 And they have, um, a song. I don't know which one it is specifically, but they talk about just like being angry and he's like, I don't want to give God my anger. I don't want to talk about it. And I'm like, that is such a relatable emotion. And I feel like a lot of people don't even have the words for it. So like to have a song that could put that maybe into words for somebody is like, cause I heard that and I was like, I have felt that feeling. Oh yeah. And it's like incredible that somebody can feel the same feeling as you and like put it into 
words. It's like, I just, who people who are gifted in that way also, like, it it just blows my mind. Like, people who are singer songwriters, like, I guess Harry Styles is a singer songwriter too. But, like, I just don't understand. People that are good at it. There's some, (laughs) like, singer songwriter is a blanket term for people. Like, yeah. uh, But I mean, just in any genre, people that can. connect emotionally um and you know it doesn't have to be like the like raw kind of angry lyrics like yeah you know there are times when like i'm in a good mood i'm like yeah that's a good line like yeah. <laughs> i can relate with that too yeah but uh yeah just like anytime you can um say something to someone you've never met you might never meet you'll never see and still connect mm-hmm. with them i think that's a really really powerful thing that's why i love music man yeah that's why i love it So, and then my last go-to for this week, like I said, it was a good week for music for me. So I got three go-tos and I'll be interested to see if anyone comes for me with this one. (laughs) Come for me, I'm ready. Is the new Kanye West album called Hashtag Jesus is King. I know there's a lot of controversy about it. I'm not trying to get into that right now. Um, But I think... I don't know. It might be hard to talk about without getting into the controversy, but from just like a musical standpoint, the album is like fire. Like it has got some bops. (laughs) I think it's, I don't normally listen to Kanye, so I don't, I can't confirm, but I think it's different like style wise for him also. Yeah. The songs are only like two minutes long. It's like a gospel album, isn't it? It is. Um, the songs are super short, so the album itself is only 27 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like it's almost like it sounds very unedited. Like his voice is not tuned at all. Like you can just yeah. tell that it's like this really raw, like he's not a singer. And so he's like yeah. off key. He's like struggling to hit notes. But there's something about it being so like honest like that, that you're almost like, you're just like more drawn in, which I think is really interesting that he did that for this album too. Right. Um, and he calls out a lot of stuff, you know, and I don't know all of the lyrics. I know there's people that are like, Oh, well I don't agree with everything going that he says in this. And it's like, you know what? Lecrae says some lyrics that I don't always agree with, but that doesn't mean mean, overall. Just because someone's singing about God doesn't mean it. There's a bunch of pastors that I don't agree with on everything. You know, people, it's yes. frustrating to me because it's like just, just, just let him sing. <laughs> just Have you let, listened to the album? I haven't. I've heard a lot of people say that it sounds um, unfinished and just like not well thought out, not very deep lyrically. But I think um, those are people that are like diehard hip hop Kanye yeah, fans. And it's so different. if he's doing something stylistically different, you know, Kanye is a pretty. Uh, um, complex person to say the <laughs> least, but yeah. he's, 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 uh, he's a visionary. Like yeah. he's not just like some chump. Like he's, yeah. everything he does is, um, either calculated or insane. Like he's yeah. kind of on both ends of this, of the spectrum. But I think when artists do things like this, like I think he made an intentional decision to not put auto-tune yeah. on his tracks. You know, I agree. F- for uh, an artistic, I think it was an yeah. artistic decision. Yeah. Um, but a lot of like, you know, your run-of-the-mill, just like diehard Kanye fans are Kanye fans. They're not, mm-hmm. um, you know, they don't appreciate the art or think about things necessarily mm-hmm. in that level. 
Um, I'm probably going to get some ats for saying that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people are really critical of bands, bands or artists when they do something new. Yeah. And they say, just stick to what you know or whatever. But, um, you know, sometimes I think an artist gets stuck in the formula and then they don't feel like they're being fulfilled, you know? Yeah. They're not, they're not actually creating anything. They're just like following the mold yeah. that they've, that they've found works. Um, and I think part, correct me if I'm wrong, but part of this album is like Kanye is like sort of trying to reform or something in a way or rebrand. Like, oh, or, I mean, maybe, I mean, I've watched I've heard some that interviews. he's like, he's like had a, had, had a come to Jesus sort of moment, but, yeah. uh, you know, I don't, that's just what I've seen on that's Twitter, So he so. was on Kimmel and he talks about that and it's so interesting because he as like an artist, I feel like is very, like, even if he's like freestyling or anything, he's very clear. And like, it's like almost like the chaos in his brain, like filters through his like musically inclined, yeah. you know, brain and he can speak yeah. clearly. But when right. he's like interviewing, he's so bad. <laughs> he's yeah, he's a he's a weird, uh, weird guy to listen he to. He just for goes sure. off on all of these tangents. But that's what he was saying on Kimmel is that he, you know, is um, found Christ and is you know, pretty much saying that he's, his goal in life is to like spread the gospel now. And the, and Kimmel was like, so would you say you're a Christian rapper now? And he's like, no, I'm just a Christian who yeah. like lives my life. And so Thank you. it doesn't, I mean, I don't know if he's going to just always release music like this or if it's going to be kind it. of like Lifehouse, Need to Breathe, like inspired Christian music. People think yeah. Need to Breathe is a Christian band, but I don't think they are. I don't think they well, fall under... They kind of start, I mean, they all kind of start that way. And then they realize, like, it's the same. Th like, if you want, if you want to be a millionaire, be a Christian, Christian artist. <laughs> it's so easy. Yeah. It's so easy. And it dry, it's d disgusting to me. But, um, yeah, I far more respect, um, secular bands that I can, like, pick apart some album or some lyrics that have a little bit deeper context or meaning. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoy that. And I think, yeah. I think, you know, I really like the idea of like not being a Christian band, but Christians in a band or something, yeah. you know, like, yeah, I also hate how it has to be labeled as, Oh, so you're a Christian artist now. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian artist, but I'm not a Christian artist. You yeah. Know? Like, why does it have to be now I can only sell my CDs in the heart or in the, uh, the like Christian, Christian section of yeah. no Barnes and Noble or yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it just, it bothers me. Labels yeah. bother me, but, uh, and I bet you know, if somebody listened to this album by Kanye, not having known it was him, people would like it. Oh and, for, yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, sure. depending on if like you like the style or like some of the songs are a little weird, like whatever, but like overall the messaging and everything, you'd be like, Oh, th who's this new like artist, this new yeah. Christian artist. So yeah. I gave it a chance. I listened to it while I was running and I like almost came to tears. And I think that's a big thing with me with music is I need to somehow feel something right. for it to like stick. So like all three of these bands have definitely been, been a good go to music week for me. Good. So right on. Well, I have to give Kanye a chance. Yeah. So if you guys listen to Kanye or Harry or the Talbot brothers, please let me know what you guys think. Also, I, Talbot Brothers are on tour right now. Is that yep. correct? So they are. maybe try and see if they're in a location near you. Yeah. Playing in uh Hastings in two weeks. 
Okay. Um, the Saturday show Saturday show is sold out, but there's a few tickets left Friday night on Ooh, the great. 8th. And then we're playing in Lincoln, uh, the Bourbon Theater, um, Friday, November 15th. And hey. then they've got, they've got dates all over the place that I'm not with them, but <laughs> those are the Nebraska dates coming up if you're in Nebraska. <laughs> Um, they're playing in Kansas City, July 11th or 12th, or July, November July. 11th or 12th, I think. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, and then um, all over the place. So check them awesome. out. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of Relatively Relatable. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and write a review of our show if you haven't already. And to stay connected with us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Blank Slate LNK. Thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next time.